Whose birthday is it tomorrow? Why do you get all the gifts? I thought it was his birthday. That's what's kind of ironic. Tomorrow is the celebration of the birth of Jesus. It's, um, it's actually a, a, a word, Christmas, that's not very old. It goes back to the 1300s. And it was the Mass for Christ, or a celebration of the birth of Christ. Now, all of you who are parents here, and all of us who are children, that means everyone here has had a birthday party. And in your birthday party, you have, in all likelihood, had someone plan that party for you. Well, does it, has it ever crossed your mind that perhaps God planned Jesus' birthday party? Today, we're going to check out and see what he might have planned when he threw God's birthday party, about which we just read in the scriptures. So we're going to say happy birthday to Jesus this morning. Now, before you have a birthday party, uh, one of the things you might do, and I went online this week, and I found hundreds of websites that help you. It tells you what to do a month in advance, and three weeks in advance, and two weeks in advance, and one week in advance, and three days before the party, and the day of the party, and all of that, and even what you should do after the party. There are checklists everywhere. So today, I thought we'd try to figure out what would be the checklist for the birthday party of Jesus. Because, as you know, Christmas, the 25th of, of December, is Jesus' birthday. Now, the first thing you do if you are going to throw a birthday party, and every parent who has thrown a party for a child has done this, the very first thing you do is you choose a theme. Dinosaurs, Barbie, um, Star Wars. Uh, oh, I heard that one. So, but maybe um, Sesame Street, teddy bears, princess. You, you choose a theme. Because a birthday party is just not a, a chance happenstance. You try to arrange it around a particular theme. But has it ever crossed your mind what might have been God's theme when he sent Jesus to this world? What would have been the theme that God would want for us to understand of Jesus' birthday party? I think I know what it is. In fact, God came up with this theme hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus came to this world. And in fact, the theme was told to us by one of God's prophets. His name was Isaiah. And I think this is the theme. A virgin shall be with child. That's not the theme, though that's pretty extraordinary. And will give birth to a son. That's not the theme. Many of us are sons. We've been We've been. Um, born here, but this is the theme. And they will call his name God with us. That's going to be the theme of the party. God with us. Now, how many of you thrown a birthday party that the theme of which is God with us? Uh, zero. I know that. I've never done that. I've never heard of anyone ever doing that. I couldn't find that on the internet anywhere. But that's going to be the theme of the party. When God throws a birthday party for Jesus. The theme is going to be that God is going to be here with us. How do I know that happened? Well, this is written by Jesus' best friend on earth. His name is John. Here, it was just read for us by Kevin Reiser. In the beginning was the word. This was originally written in Greek, and when the Greek people heard the word word, in capitals, the word word meant the rational principle that governs the whole universe. 
And when the Jewish people heard the word word, they meant the word by which God created the universe. Because remember, the Bible says God spoke the world into existence. So when the Bible uses the word word, it's extremely, extremely significant. In the beginning, when is that? We don't know. At the beginning. Before the beginning of everything, before the beginning of time, there existed the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word then became flesh and made his dwelling among us. There's the theme. God with us. What was he like? We have seen his glory. The glory as of the, only, the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God at any time. But God, the one and only, who has just been told, has come in flesh. He has made the Father known. So the theme of the party is going to be, God is with us. Now that's quite a theme. That's a pretty significant theme. So the primary theme of Christmas is, Jesus is God who came to visit us. That's where you start. You start with the theme. And then, if you're going to have a birthday party, you've got to set a date and a time. Now, you all know that frequently, a birthday party does not take place on the date of your birth. Why not? Well, you don't always have your birthday party on the date of your birth because it may be um, you're in school that day and no one could come to the party. Or it may be that something's inconvenient. Or grandma and grandpa have another engagement. They can't be there. So you arrange the date to fit with the circumstances so that you can get as many people there as possible. Because remember, it's not about the day, it's about the people. And so it was with God. As all of us in this place probably know, December 25th, in all likelihood, is not Jesus' birthday. How do we know? We don't. We don't have a clue when he was born. Do you know why we came up with December 25th? Well, there are several reasons. The first reason is that in the very early tradition in Christianity teaches that the Annunciation, when the angel came to Mary in Nazareth, that took place on the 25th of March. Let's do our math. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. Well, I guess I guess start with April. April, May, June, July, <laughs> August, September, October, November. <gasps> Nine months later, where do you come up with? December 25th. In fact, among the Jewish people, the, they say that that was the day that, that, that God made the universe was March 25th. And of course, it just happened to be a time when among the Roman people, there was a great festival that took place in some of the worship of their gods. So around the year 336, under the emperor Constantine, they, just, they set aside this date, which was already a Roman celebration, but Jewish people and others saw this as the date in which God, not, in which God had made the world nine months earlier and, mil, and many, many years, and so this would be the date that they would celebrate the birth of Jesus. So they set the date. Now, from God's calendar, here's how he set the date of December 25th. This is from Paul's writings. But when the time had fully come. So at some time in human history, when God knew it was just right, God sent his son, 
born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights as sons. God picked the time. Why did he pick this time? Well, this verse tells us one of the reasons he picked this time is because the law, that is the law of Moses, with all of its commandments, do you know how many laws there are in the Old Testament? 613. And you're supposed to keep all of them. By, at some point in history, it became patently obvious that people could by no means keep the law. That's the right time. See, God picked a time when it was absolutely clear that people could not obey God. That sounds strange. But God did that on purpose. He also picked a time when in the huge portion of the world there was only one language at the time. There was at that time a very great leader who had brought great peace to the world at that time. Economy and commerce was going well at that time. So at a precise time when there was messianic excitement in the air, the stars were aligned according to the Magi, God sent his son at just the perfect time. God set the date and the time. Even though it's probably not the date of his actual birth, it is the date of his birthday party. Then what do you do? You determine a budget. Now, you just can't throw any party you want. You can't say, I'm going to have a Star Wars theme, and I'm going to bring Princess Leia to be to the party. Well, she costs some money. And you're going to fill your heart, your, your whole home with, uh, with, with people with, with laser swords. Well, that... You can get fake ones, but you can't get the real thing. They're very, very expensive, I would guess. And, but you've got to set a budget because you don't have endless amount of money. Now, have you ever wondered to yourself, what was God's budget for the birth of Jesus? Well, we do know that. Here it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. That's the cost. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God gave his son. And of course, it was his birthday. Here's what, the, what uh, the Bible says about Jesus. And Jesus said this himself. The son of man, that's what he called himself. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. There's the cost. The cost was Jesus gave his own life. God sent his son, and then that son gave his life. Here's the cost. This is written by the Apostle Paul. Your attitude should be the same as Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He didn't have to grasp it. He had it. So what did he do? He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Have you started to see the cost? God gave up his son. The son gave up his, his status as God eternal to come to this earth, to live as a servant, to die on a cross. That is the cost. I would call that incredibly, incredibly valuable. Now, have you ever considered how much you're worth to God? How much are you worth to God? We live in a society today in which we are taught by some that we are the chance product of swamp scum. Now, if I believe that, I, I don't think all that great of myself if I'm swamp scum. Um, 
and I just got here by chance, well, what kind of worth does that imbue on a human being? But the Bible is one of the many, many reasons I'm a Christian is because the Bible gives the absolute highest understanding of who we are as human beings in our worth. Here's what we're worth according to God. This is how much God paid for the birth of Jesus. We are, first of all, made in the image of God. You have never looked in the eyes of any human being who is not made in the image of God. And do you know how much you're worth? God himself died for you. Now that is valuable. We have no right to demean any human being on the face of this earth because every human being who is born is someone who has been made in the image of God and have been paid for by the price of Christ Jesus' own life. That is valuable. So that's God's budget. But, of course, then you have to prepare a guest list. Now that's a tough job because if you, comp if you prepare a guest list, you not only have to decide who to invite, you have to invite, decide who not to invite. You have to decide how big will the party be. Will I invite the whole class, the whole school class, the whole Sunday school class, the whole neighborhood? Or will it be an intimate party just with family and friends? How big will the party be? You have to prepare a guest list. And so God had to do the same. We, don't, we know when God prepared his guest list. The Bible tells us before the foundation of the earth, before the earth was ever formed, God prepared his guest list. And this is the heart of God. God did not send his son, Jesus, into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. The world means the world. means all of us. Here's another passage. This is right, written by Peter. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anything anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So who does God want to invite? Well, God wants to invite the world to his party. Now, of course, we can't throw a party of, of that magnitude. You see, the invitations to Jesus' birthday party have been sent far and wide. And the Bible tells us in many places that there will be people in the heavenly kingdom of God from every single people group that's ever existed on the face of the planet. There will be people from every group, every language group, every ethnic group will be represented. Why? Because God sent out his invitations far and wide. But after you've sent the invitations, You've got to plan the party. Parties don't just happen. A lot of preparation takes place. You must decide where you're going to have the party. You've got, you got to try to figure out what activities you're going to have, what games you're going to have, what entertainment you're going to have, what will be the menu that you will present, what will be the decorations, who will you get to help you, and what will be the music that you will select. A lot of planning takes place. And God had planned everything perfectly for Jesus' birth. First of all, he had the right people in place. The muckety-muck in, the, in, the, in Rome, the emperor Caesar Augustus, he had him in the right place. And guess what? Caesar Augustus came up with an idea. Let's get everyone back to their ancestral homeland so that we can find out, we can take a census for taxation purposes. 
Now, God probably arranged it and said, Augustus, that's a good idea. I know you're an arrogant leader, but I'm going to use you to bring my family, my holy family, from Nazareth down to Bethlehem because they're of the original house of David. They're going to be in just the right place at the right time. He's, he planned the venue, Bethlehem. He planned, he planned um, how they would get there at the right time. While Mary was pregnant, he even planned their housing arrangements. There was no room in the inn. God said, oh, we'll put them in the barn. That fits Jesus perfectly. We'll find out what clothes they'll wear, strips of cloth, where he will be laid, the bassinet, a cattle trough. Just perfect. And so this is what the Bible says happened. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. You see, God was involved behind the scenes in the intricate planning for this incredible party. Well, what happens next? The invitations have been sent out, the party has been planned, but now you've got to start to receive back the RSVPs. Now that is a problem, especially in America in 2017. Nobody responds anymore. And RSVP simply means reply to, or please, it means please reply. So when the invitations are sent out, the person who's planning the party needs to know, are you going to come or not? And most of us don't respond to RSVPs. We know that. Now, what would you do if you sent RSVPs to all your child's class and you, instead of getting 25, you get three back? You know that three is not going to make a very good party. So what do you do? You say, oh, forget it. We'll just have three. Is that what you do? How many of you would do that? Oh, we got a couple. <laughs> no, you're not going to like to do that. What, what are you going to do? You want people at the party. So what do you do? You call them. You say, um, did you receive my invitation? Yeah, I got it. Um, did you RSVP? Oh, I forgot. Well, are you going to come? Oh, yes, I plan to come. And so you go out of your way to get people to RSVP because a party is not about the invitation. A party happens when people respond and they come. And it's the same way with God. God has, in his economy, put things together in such a way that he has sent his invitation out far and wide over the whole earth. But we must please reply. Now, this verse is sometimes taken out of context. Oh, this one isn't. For, it says, for in the gospel. Gospel means good news, means invitation. God has given an invitation, some good news he's telling people. There's a party. The party's good. God has offered you salvation. God wants to spend eternity with you. What is the good news? Here it is. Righteousness comes from God. There's the good news. Now that's not what most religious people teach. That's not what you're going to hear in most religious gatherings around the world. Most religious gatherings around the world are going to tell you this. You must work hard 
and make yourself righteous so you'll be acceptable to God. That is not Christianity. And if you've ever heard that, that is not Christianity. Christianity is, no, you won't be able to pull that off. Our righteousness does not come from us. Our righteousness comes from God. From first, what? From first to last. And how do you access that righteousness from God? Work real hard. No. Go to church. No. Pay a lot of money. No. Do penance. No. You receive it by faith. And by the way, how, what do you do when you get a gift? When you get a gift, you immediately, as soon as someone gives you a gift, you go to your wallet, and you pull out your wallet, and you start taking out, I, I, how much did that cost you? I need to pay it back. Would you do that to somebody? They would be terribly offended if you did that. A gift is a gift. You cannot pay it back. If you try to pay back a gift, you demean the one who gave it to you. A gift is a free expression of someone who offers it to, it to you. The only thing you can do with a gift is receive it and say thank you. That's what we do. And that's how God has put things together. This is the verse I mentioned before. This is from Revelation. It's probably not talking about an individual. It's talking about a whole church. But it's applicable to us as individuals. God is at our door. He doesn't call us up by telephone. He comes to our very door. Knocks on the door. Knock, knock, knock. Um, would you like to come to the party? You forgot to RSVP. Would you like to come? Oh, you're invited. But you've got to come. You've got to respond. And if you respond, you can... You can have fellowship with me, but you must respond. Here's um, one of the parables Jesus told about a party that sent out the invitations and not many people came. And so what did the master say? He said, go to people's houses, beg them to come. I want my house full. That's what we do. So Jesus' party, they sent out the invitations, widely spread the gospel around the world, but we must respond to that gospel. Here's what, here's what the response looks like. This is the Apostle Paul wrote. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the essence of the invitation to which we must respond. And what happens? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Everyone who receives this free gift will be saved. Well, the party goes on. I think all of us know that if we're going to have a party at our house or somebody else's house, one of the things we do is we, we need to clean house. You don't want people to come to a party and the place is an absolute mess. You want to make it look pretty good and you want it to be such that when the guests come, you're ready for them. Now, how do we as individuals clean house? How does God want us to clean our house for the birth of Jesus? Does he want us to live really well today and try the best not to do anything wrong? No, that's not what he wants. You see, the kind of cleanliness that God wants from a human being is two things. He wants honesty and humility. What God wants us of us, it's almost all he requires of us. He wants honesty, humility, and trust. And by the way, parents, 
What do you long for from your children more than anything else? Do you want their money? No, I don't need my children's money. And the older I get, I need it even less. What do I want from my children? I want my children to freely love me and to trust me. That's what I long for more than anything else. And why would it be different from God? God wants his children to know that he's their father, to come to him openly, and to trust that he loves them. Same with us. And so we clean house. Here's what, uh, this is an angel who spoke to Joseph, the, the, the adoptive father of Jesus. She, that's Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is Greek. It's the Greek form of the name Joshua. Jesus' real name is Joshua. And Joshua means God saves. That's what the word means. And so this child is a child that is, whose name is God with us, but his name is also God saves us. That's what his name. Now, people who, who get saved? Well, people who know they need a savior and who reach out for help. If you're drowning and you cry for help, the way that you would get help is by when someone extends an arm or, a, a, or something else to help you, you grab on and you pull out. That's what God does. Here's what Paul wrote again. There's no one that's righteous. Not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The truth is, none of us are ready for the birthday of Jesus because there's a sin problem. But then eventually, of course, you decide the day of the party has come and you throw the party. The guests have arrived, the decorations are in place, the music is playing, the entertainment is there, you've got the party all planned with the activities, and you throw the party. And so here is the party that God threw for the birth of Jesus. While they were there, <clears throat> the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So there's the party. The, the party, um, the setting was Bethlehem. The venue was, was a, a stable or, the back, or a back room or a cave. The master of ceremonies was an angel of the Lord. The invitees were a band of shepherds. The decorations were very simple. Strips of cloth and a, a faddle, cattle feeding trough. And the music was provided by an angelic chorus. That's quite a birthday party. And so the party has taken place. Is that the end? No. When we have birthday parties, the party ends 
with everyone, saying goodbye to everyone, and as they leave, you give them a party favor. That's what you have to do. Now, generally speaking, a party favor is something simple and inexpensive. But now in God's case, the, the party favors are going to be a million times more valuable than the gifts people brought. Now, can you imagine? You go to a birthday party and people bring various gifts. And as the gifts are open, they go, wow, that's neat. And then you, you look at the gift you brought and someone else brought one that was nicer than yours or not as nice as yours and you're doing all this comparative stuff. Now, what about after you've done that and you're about to leave the party, you are given a gift bag, you open up the gift bag, and inside is a gift card for $1 million. That makes all of your comparisons about the gifts you gave look stupid. Because now you are a millionaire, you just got a gift card. But in fact, that's exactly what God has done, except it's not a million, it's a trillion. Here's what the Bible says. For it is by grace you've been saved. Grace means favor. That means party favor. That's what grace means. Favor you don't deserve. For by party favors, you've been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's a gift from God. It's not a result of works. If it was, you'd get into the comparative stuff again. You would boast. God isn't going to do it that way. Here's what God says. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's the gift. We receive Jesus' righteousness. Now, what's that worth? Oh, a little bit more than a trillion dollars. That's the party favor that he gives. Well, it's almost <coughs> over. There's one thing left. If you go to an opera, remember what they say at the end of an opera? An opera ain't over until the fat lady sings. Now, when I was growing up, my mother always said to me, and I'll bet you've said to your children, the party isn't over until the thank you notes are written. <laughs> if you've got a good mother, the last thing you do is you express gratitude. As people leave with those party favors, a million-dollar gift certificate, you say, thank you, thank you. And the last thing in the birthday party of Jesus in the Bible is they express gratitude. When they, that's the shepherds, had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So the last step is their lives are changed now, and they become people of gratitude. They give thanks. And so here is the checklist for the birthday party of Jesus. What's the theme? The theme is that God is here with us. When Jesus came here to this earth, we had God here with us so that when we want to know what it's like, what God is like, or what God wants, we look to Jesus. When we want to understand how valuable we are to God, we look to Jesus because he is God with us. When did the birthday party take place? Just the right time. When we needed it most. What's the budget? God's budget was all of the wealth of heaven. He spared no expense 
to bring his son to our lives. Who's on the guest list? All are invited. What's the party plan? Oh, it's really neat. What? Who was with the invitations? Though it's widely spread, we must respond. Response is required. How do you prepare yourself to go? Well, you clean house. The way you clean house before God is not to try to live a better life, but to tell God the truth and to humbly ask Him for help. What do you get when you come to the party? You can expect the unexpected. What are, what are the party favors? The party favor is God's amazing grace. He gives us what we know we don't deserve. And how does it result? The party isn't over until we live our lives now, not trying to pay him back because we can't, but we live our lives full of gratitude for what God has done for us. There is the birthday party of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you leave this place today and you celebrate tomorrow the birthday party for Jesus, I hope you'll remember that it's his birthday and the gift he gives is the greatest gift of all. He gives us his son. And that his son is a savior who died on the cross for our sins so that we could spend eternity with God, which is the greatest gift that could ever be given. But we must RSVP. We must accept this gift. And to that end, let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege of having this big party tomorrow. There's no, there's no bigger party on the face of the earth, no party any greater. And the significance is incredible. Thank you for including us in the party. And now as all these people leave this place and we go home to celebrate, I pray that the centerpiece of the party Jesus would not be lost on any of us and that it may be a time of coming to Jesus recommitting to Jesus loving Jesus and I pray Heavenly Father for those who may be here today who don't really know this Jesus it sounds a little crazy but it's the greatest gift they could ever receive oh Heavenly Father please may you bring these people your invitation and may you rejoice as they respond. I pray that people would do that this day. In Jesus' name, amen.